Uh, well, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family, and I'm thankful that we can gather together today. I'm thankful maybe you're meeting with your community group in a home, or maybe you're with your family watching on Apple TV, or, or maybe you're an individual and you're just sitting there with your desk or with an iPad, or you're just watching, And but God is speaking, and God is moving, and God is with us, and whether we're in Franklin or Nolensville or Nashville, or whether you're in the Philippines or in Brazil, people watch online from all over the world, God is joining our hearts together. And we know this, that the church is not a building, the church is the body of Christ, united in the love and the grace of God. And so we come together to worship Him today. We come to set our minds and our hearts on Him today and to give Him praise and glory for what He's doing in our lives and the way He's moving around us. You know, this is an unprecedented time in our world. And things like coronavirus or, or things that are happening in the stock market or even in our own community with tornadoes and tornado relief. And yet what we've come today is to affirm that our God is greater. And as the Apostle Paul was writing to Timothy and he said, listen, remember this, God did not give you a spirit of fear. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. A spirit of power to know that He is sovereign that he's in control and our faith and our trust in him. A spirit of love, to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind and strength, and to to love our neighbor, to love the people around us. And a spirit of self-discipline, to be wise. And so that's why we're joining online together, you know, together to make a difference in our community, together to help flatten the curve, together to join and to say, hey, we want to be a part of the solution to help, help, what God is doing here and the healing that can happen around. I believe with all my heart that God is moving right now. I believe that God is moving as churches go online, as people all over the world are joining in, as lives are being impacted. This is our time, church. And I want you to know this today. I want you to know this, that God loves you. That God has a plan or a purpose for your life. That you're watching today for a reason. And God is working in you. And I believe that God has a word for all of us today. Uh, You know, as disciples, right, uh, we stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us, uh, of men and women who are Christ followers in their day and their generation. And and many Christ followers, they they were following Jesus in times of war in the world. They were following Jesus in times of of famine. They were following Jesus in times of persecution. Even today, there's people gathering in underground churches. They're worshiping. And this is our time to worship This is our time to fall more in love with Jesus, to be aware of what he's doing in the world, to join our hearts with him. I love our series right now because it just simply says this, all eyes on Jesus. And you know, when we put our eyes on our problems, our problems get bigger, right? Many of us, we've been consumed with the news. We've been reading every article out there, trying to understand everything that's going on. But this morning, today, as you're watching this afternoon or this evening, hey, today, let's put our eyes on Jesus. Let's focus on Him and the help and the hope, and the love and the grace that we receive in Christ and in Christ alone. We are in our Easter series right now. And last week, we kicked off our Easter series at all of our campuses in Nolensville and Nashville and Franklin, and and we're looking back at that first Easter. We're looking at the perspective of some of the people who were there for the very first time. Last week, we saw Mary, the mother of Jesus. And we saw as the angel came to her in the beginning and said, do not be afraid. Maybe you just need to hear the angel say that to us today. Do not be afraid. 
Greetings, you are highly favored. God had a plan and a purpose for Mary's life, just like God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God is at work. God is moving. Mary was the only person who was there when Jesus was born and then had his crucifixion and his resurrection, and Mary becomes a part of the early church. Mary saw Jesus come into the world as her son, and, and then she knew him as her Savior. And the transformation that happened in her and the transformation that can happen in us. Today, we're looking at a guy named Judas. Oh, man, so close and yet so far. Next week, we'll see Thomas and the doubting. And we all go through doubts. We all have those struggles. So don't miss next week as we talk about that more. And then we're going to see Peter. Peter, I love Peter, right? We can all kind of identify. He, he had this heart for God. He was impetuous. He put his foot in his mouth. But God had a plan and a purpose for him. And then we'll see John on Palm Sunday, who was just faithful. Aren't you thankful for the people in your life who are just faithful, who are there for you all the time? And then on Easter Sunday, the Father, the Father's perspective, as we see what God was doing on that Easter Sunday, and the resurrection for God sent His Son into the world for you and for me, that we might have eternal life with Him. But today, we want to look at this guy, Judas, one of the most disappointing people in all the Bible to me. He was a guy who was there with Jesus, and yet he missed him. And I pray that we don't miss him today, because God is here right now. If you have a Bible wherever you gather, if you have a Bible in your home, with your community group, or maybe you've got a Bible there with your family, I'd just love for you to open up with me to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. 12. Uh, maybe you've got a mobile device with you. You can access the Scriptures at version. But we want to see some Scriptures today and really develop, who is this guy, Judas? Because he was one of the 12 disciples with Jesus. And I think if you were looking at those 12 disciples, it wasn't that Judas had a black robe and everybody else had white robes, you know? It wasn't that he stood out that way. He would have blended right in. But yet his heart was far from God. And so we want to see that and understand what God's speaking to us Today, John chapter 12, it says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom he had raised from the dead. So we're moving into Holy Week here. Jesus is coming down to the Passover, up from Galilee, down to Jerusalem. And, and Jerusalem is swelling to like three to four times its normal size. People everywhere, people sleeping out on the Mount of Olives. And Jesus would often stay there at this home in Bethany with Mary and Martha and Lazarus, his good friends. And this is the same Lazarus that, that Jesus raised from the dead. You may remember Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus. Jesus, Lazarus, your friend, he's sick. And Jesus waited a couple more days, and then he shows up, and Lazarus has been dead for four days. And Mary and Martha are like, where were you? Jesus, what's going on? And Jesus goes, hey, I'm here now. And whenever Jesus shows up, man, things are getting ready to change. And Jesus walks out to the tomb, and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And it's a good thing he said Lazarus, otherwise all these tombs, people have been walking out everywhere, right? But he said Lazarus, and Lazarus comes walking out. And so they're there all together, and there was a dinner, a dinner given in Jesus' honor. They wanted to celebrate. They wanted to say thank you. And Martha, Martha served, of course. That's what Martha does, right? She served. She's got that gift of hospitality. She served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, 
an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. This incredible act of worship, just this emotion that came out of Mary. Have you ever had that kind of time? You were just so thankful for something God's done in your life. Maybe you remember when your salvation time, I mean, you were overwhelmed. You just wanted to praise God. You couldn't believe that God sent his son to die for you. Maybe, maybe for you, it was a, a time when you prayed and you were worried and scared about a job or, or maybe financially or maybe it was a healing, but man, it just poured out of you. And you were so thankful. That's what was going on with Mary right here. But one of his disciples... Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It is worth a year's wages. And we look at that and we go, well, okay, that kind of makes sense, right? I mean, he could use the money to, to do a lot of good. But it wasn't that Judas really cared about the poor. It tells us this. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and the keeper of the money bag and he used to help himself to what was put in it. Judas was the guy who kept up with the money. As the group would go out, right, and people would give donations to help in the work of the Lord, and, and he was slipping it out, man. He was just taking it. He was stealing. So he was thinking, sell this, and then I'll have this money. And I love that Jesus stands up for her. He says, leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Jesus stood up and said, no, this was an act of worship. This was her heart, her devotion. But right now, we're seeing the heart of Judas. We're seeing how he's going against the things of God. His mind and his heart is way off right here. Turn over with me to Matthew. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. We're going to pick up at verse 14, and we're going to get a, another picture of him here. It says, then one of the twelve... The one called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Judas's heart was already on money. Money was his God, and he sells Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. And you're like, man, what are you thinking? But money had captured his heart. And he's looking for a time. Skipped over to verse 20. It says, when evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12. And while they were eating, he said, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were all sad, and they began to say to him, one after the other, surely you don't mean me, Lord. You can imagine the disciples going, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Betray you? No way. Surely you don't mean me, Lord. They knew in their heart, too, there was this place of sin. Like, maybe it could be. Jesus replied, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go, just as is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Now, I want you to see something right here, Right? The other disciples, the 11, said, surely you don't mean me, Lord. There came a time, right, when they followed Jesus as their Lord. They put their faith and their trust in him. Judas never did. Surely you don't mean me, rabbi. 
Rabbi literally means teacher. Do you realize that every major world religion, right, respects Jesus? I mean, go read holy books, and, and you can see they, they all say, oh, Jesus was a great man. Jesus was an awesome teacher. He was an amazing teacher. Jesus was a, was a prophet. <laughs> but what separates a relationship with God is that Jesus is my Lord. Not just a great teacher. He was a great teacher, no doubt. But has he become the Lord of your life? Not yet for Judas. Uh-uh. Rabbi. Jesus answered, you have said so. You said it, right? You're going to betray me. And while they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. Notice that, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. They shared the Lord's Supper. They shared communion, all of them. And then they went out to the Mount of Olives. But Judas slipped off. Judas walked away. He went a different path. He didn't go up on the mountain to pray. He went his own way, his own direction. And if you turn back over to John, John chapter 18, we see what happens. John chapter 18, verse 1, says, When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden, and his disciples went into it. It was a place they knew. It was a place that they would go often, a place that they would pray. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials of the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. And you're thinking, well, why did they arrest Jesus in the middle of the day? I mean, Jesus wasn't hiding. He was in the temple teaching, but they were scared of the people. There would be a riot. There would be a rebellion because everybody revered Jesus as the Messiah. So they came at night, and Judas is leading them. He knows the place where they would meet, where they would pray. Think about it. It's dark. There's no electricity back then. They needed somebody to guide him, and Judas takes him. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and he asked them, who is it you want? Verse 5, Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Don't miss that. Jesus said, I am he. You know, in the Old Testament, right? In the Old Testament, God revealed his name, and he says, I am who I am. That's the very personal name of God. That is Yahweh. There is power in the name. And when Jesus says, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. They were like dominoes, boom, 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 right? They just all went down. It wasn't that the Romans arrested Jesus and took him in. Jesus willingly gave his life. He is almighty God. Again, they asked him, how <laughs> you asked him, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. And Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you're looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of them you gave me. 
He's always protecting, always trusting, always being there for us. He's protecting you, even in the middle of all this. Jesus is arrested. He's taken before the Sanhedrin that night, a mocked up trial. According to their law, they should never have a trial at night, but they did. Jesus is put on trial. And if you go back to Matthew, Matthew chapter 27, we see what happens to Judas. Early in the morning, chapter 27, verse 1, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him and led him away and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse. Notice that. He was seized with remorse. He's like, what have I done? And he returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. He realizes, what have I done? Jesus is innocent. Jesus truly is the Son of God. What is that to us? They replied, this is your responsibility. We all have a responsibility when it comes to Jesus. What do we do with Jesus? So Jesus threw the money in the temple and he left. And then he went away and he hanged himself. Guys, the most disappointing story in all of the Bible. Judas so close, right there with Jesus for three years. And yet he lost it all. He lost the money, right? He didn't care about the money anymore. He, he lost that relationship with Jesus that he was around there. He lost his own life. Hey, hey listen to me on this one, right? Suicide's never the answer. It never is. There is help. There is hope. That is a, that is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If, if you've ever struggled in this area or you know somebody, please get help. We have a counselor on our staff, Kathy Kuhn. She's amazing. Call the office. Hey, go into the chat room right now. But just say, hey, I need help. I need hope. You know, praise God. He uses doctors. He uses counselors. He uses medication. Judas, if he would have just hung on, three days later, everything was going to change. Everything. Man. Jesus said this, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul that Jesus is here today and Jesus wants to meet with you and with me? So what can we learn from Judas? What can we learn from his life? If you want to go on version and take some notes with us today, you could do that. But I want you to see some things. First of all, I want you to see the downward spiral of sin. The downward spiral of sin. Remember Judas, it says he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as the keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. It started small. It started with just this temptation that came along. Judas was tempted, and we're all tempted, right? We're all tempted. And, and whether it's money, it's greed, it's lust, it's anger, we're all tempted. There's times we're tempted to say the, the wrong thing. There's times that we're tempted to get our own way. There's times that we are tempted being tempted is not a sin. Sin comes when we act on that temptation. Do you realize this, that even Jesus was tempted? Jesus was tempted three times, and yet he did not sin. When that temptation comes, it's an opportunity for us to choose the right way. 
It's an opportunity for us to win. It's an opportunity for us to conquer that temptation. Temptation is not a sin. Sin comes when we act on that temptation. And Judas kept acting on it, kept acting on it, kept acting on it. And it was building up in his heart and in his life. Judas continued to follow the way of sin and not the way of Jesus. There's an old saying that says, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a lifestyle. We got to stop it when it's up here. We got to develop the mind of Christ. We got to take captive every thought in our mind and not let it develop and not let it grow and not let it take root in our lives, right? When you're scrolling down and you come to that site and you shouldn't be there, you don't just go, hey, I'm just going to, just, just a minute, I'm just going to check this out for a little bit. When you're going along on Netflix or whatever, you come to that show, you shouldn't be. It's not that, hey, I'm going to let that sit for a little bit. You've got to move on, right? You've got to win. You've got to conquer that temptation. When the thought about that guy or that girl comes in your mind, you're going, wait a minute, they're married. Hold on. Stop it now. When that greed comes in and you go, you know what? I know the first 10% goes to God, but, but man, it, it's tough. And I'm just going to start to dip in a little bit. You've got to stop it now. You and I are called to be people of integrity. Be a person of integrity, even in the little things. Even in the little things. We just say, hey, God, 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 I want to do this right and do it well. I know I'm not perfect. I know there's ideas that come into my mind or thoughts that come in there, but I want to take those captive for the glory of God. Jesus said, broad is the way that the world goes, and it leads to destruction, but narrow is the path. It leads to me, and only a few find it. Let us be people on the narrow path. Let us be people who follow him. Judas shows us that there is a downward spiral to sin. Stop it now. Hey, maybe, listen, maybe, maybe you're dealing with something right now in your life. Maybe there's a sin, and, and you just feel like, man, it has got a hold on me. It's got a hold on my heart. It's got a hold on my mind. Bring it to the Lord today. Don't, don't like put it off. You bring it to the Lord today. Confess it to somebody around you. The Bible says confess your sins and, and he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Find somebody around you and say, hey, I'm struggling in this area. Get some accountability, but don't go on that downward spiral. Judah shows us what happens and where it leads. And for us to hold on to God. Here's the second thing he shows us. You can be around Jesus and not follow Jesus. You can be around Jesus and not follow Jesus. Then one of the 12, notice that, one of the 12, the one called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? And they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. Judas was one of the 12. He's one of the 12 disciples. I mean, this wasn't a guy who was on the periphery. This wasn't a guy who was in the crowd. This wasn't a guy who was kind of checking things out. This was a guy who was there. He was sitting in the Bible studies. He was there when the miracles happened. He was one of the 12. But man, his heart was far from God. Judas was so close and yet so far. That's what happens many times even in religion. Right, we go and we show up just to go through the motions to get a check mark, and we're there, we're around, but man, our heart's not there. Jesus has become the Lord of our life. You could be around the church and around Jesus and yet still miss him. 
You know, I'm glad you're watching today. Man, I'm glad you're tuning in. I'm glad you're worshiping and praying. But, but listen, listen, just, just because you're at church doesn't make you a Christian. Any more than sleeping in a garage makes you a car, right? There comes a time when you confess Jesus is Lord. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Praise God. Have you made that commitment in your life? Have you said, Jesus, you're not just a great teacher or a prophet, you are the Lord of my life, and I want to follow you. Maybe for you, your next step is baptism. <laughs> Identifying with Christ, His death, His burial, His resurrection, that you are raised anew, that you are different, that you're following Jesus. He's the Lord of your life. Judas never did. Even though he was there and all around, he missed him. I pray we never miss him. Judas betrayed Jesus. I, I got to tell you, some of you, you know the hurt of betrayal. You had somebody who told you they loved you and they walked out. Maybe you had a best friend who said they're always going to be there, and then they stabbed you in the back. You know the hurt and the pain of that. But Jesus never gave up on Judas. He kept serving. Even though Judas betrayed him, because Judas never had a relationship with Jesus. And away from him, I never knew you. I didn't have a relationship. It was just going through the motions, but your heart was far from me. Let us have a heart for God, a heart to love, a heart that's faithful, that's there with him in the good times and the struggles. Let us be men and women who are present with the Lord. Look at this, number three. When you are with Jesus, there should be a change in your life. There should be a change in your life. Now, the betrayer had arranged a signal with them the one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, greetings, look at that, rabbi. Greetings, teacher, and kissed him. Jesus replied, do what you came for, friend. Jesus still loved him, even in the midst of this. Are you are known by the fruit of your life. Guys, don't miss this. You are known by the fruit of your life. And Judas, man, the fruit was coming out in him, right? That he was drifting from the things of God. He was moving away. Judas, he considered worship a waste. You remember that when Mary is pouring her heart out and she's there and he's like, hey, let's take the money, right? I mean, sell this stuff and take the money here. Man, when you get to the point in your life where your heart grows hard to the things of God, that, that's a danger sign. When you get to the point, you're like, yeah, I don't know if I need to worship. I can, I can get to, you know, they're late. I don't need the songs. I'm good. When, when you stop being grateful, when your heart gets hard to the things of God, well, yeah, I know enough. I, I've, I've got this. Man, that pride comes in. Whoa. That'll be the time you stop. When was the last time you just go, God, I want to praise you? I want to get on my knees. I want to pray. I want to worship God. I want you to receive the glory. God, I want to be thankful. I got so many things to be thankful for, God. I want to bring those to you with open hands and open heart. Because you are my God, and you are sovereign, and you love me. Such power. Don't let our hearts grow hard. Because see, what can happen, right, is we can be replaced. And we can be 
replaced. If you go to Acts chapter 1, Judas loses his place. They bring in a, a new disciple, right? And, and to take his place, don't lose your place. But you're known by the fruit of your life. Does your life look more like Jesus or more like the world? I think we have to ask that question often. Is my life looking more like Jesus? Am I loving the people around me? Am I being more generous and more humble and more kind? Or is my life looking more like the world? Are you living for God's agenda or your agenda? Are you living for God's agenda or your agenda? See, a lot of people believe about Judas is Judas was trying to call Jesus' hand. He was having Jesus arrested so that Jesus would call down the angels and, and overthrow the Romans. But that wasn't Jesus' agenda. It wasn't to return the Jews to a place of prominence. It was for all people. It was a kingdom of love and for the Jews and the Gentiles, the Romans, for us. It was so much bigger. A lot of times we can be on our agenda. What can you do for me, God? Versus, God, what can I do for you? Uh, last Thursday, I, I went downtown Nashville. I was at a prayer breakfast there. It was 6.45 in the morning, and, and there was an SEC basketball coach who was there. He was thinking he was going to play a game later on that day. And, and, you know, the SEC tournament got canceled. The NCAA tournament got canceled. Kind of everything changed last Thursday. But as I pulled up, I was meeting some guys from church who, who had invited me, and I, I was pulling up, and I saw one of the guys from our church. And there were people coming into this restaurant, but he was standing kind of over in the front of it with, the, with this, this lady, and, and I pulled up, and I parked the car, and I came up, and I saw that they had their heads bowed, and I, I went over to him. I said, hey, who was that? And he said, oh, that was Tracy. I said, Tracy? And he goes, yeah, I just met Tracy this morning. He goes, she slept outside on the streets um, last night, and she didn't have a whole lot, and, and I just started talking to her. And I didn't have any money, but praise God, there was an there was a, a ATM machine right across the street. So I was able to get some money and give it to her, and, and she was able to go and have a meal. And I, I, was just, I just had a chance to pray with her. And I thought, where you go, man? I mean, everybody was hurried to get into this prayer meeting, and he was focused on, on the person. And I think for all of us, in this time of crisis, in this time when there's so much fear around us, let us be people who say, God, I want to be the heads and feet of Christ. If there's a need around me, God, let me meet that need. And, and maybe I could take a meal to somebody. Maybe I can, you know, send a text. Or, or maybe I can get on my knees and pray for somebody who's struggling right now. But God, I want to be on your agenda. I believe that God works in powerful ways during challenging times. I believe that this is the time that God can do miracles. And God's looking for the church to be the church. And for us, we have this opportunity wherever we are. Whatever neighborhood you're in, apartment complex, wherever you are in the world, for us to be the hands and feet of Christ. We're known by our fruit. And then the last one, look at this one. Don't live in guilt, live in grace. Don't live in guilt, live in grace. So Judas threw the money in the temple and left, and then he went away and he hanged himself. Saddest part. See, we've all sinned. None of us are perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. In fact, if you're looking for a perfect church, hey, you know, Nolensville, Nashville, friend, none of us are perfect, right? We are all far from perfect, but we are forgiven. We are redeemed. We are restored. Hey, receive God's grace today. Don't keep putting it off. 
I know there were times when Jesus was teaching. I know there were times when, when Jesus was doing miracles that, that Judas's heart had to be drawn and going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And God was moving, and yet he just kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. Don't put off Jesus. Don't put off Jesus today. God wants to do something in your life. And wherever there's Jesus, there's a miracle that's about to happen. Jesus loved Judas, and Jesus loves you. Jesus washed Judas' feet, served him Lord's Supper. He was, called him friend. Jesus loves you. Maybe you grew up in a, a church and you just thought, man, he, God's always mad at me. Uh-uh. God's not always mad at you. God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his one and only son. That's how much he loves you. Learn from your mistakes and go forward in the grace of God. Learn from your mistakes. Judas could have learned. He could have gone forward, but he didn't. Set your eyes on Jesus. Set your eyes today on Jesus. You know, as I look at Judas' life, I, my heart breaks. Because I think what God could have done through him, if he would have just confessed, he felt remorse, but he never repented. He never came back. And at the same time that this was going on with Judas, you know what? There was another guy, another disciple, Peter, right? Judas betrayed Jesus. Peter denied Jesus. Peter denied him three times. But what happened with Peter? He repents. He comes to Jesus. He swims with all of his might. He meets Jesus and Jesus offers that grace and that forgiveness, and, and Peter becomes this incredible leader for the glory of God. See, I believe with all my heart that the rest of your life could be the best of your life. That God hasn't finished with any of us, that there is still breath in our lungs for a reason and for a purpose. That God wants you to be the man or the woman he created you to be. And your obedience to him impacts more than just you. It impacts your family, your friends, people in your community. And God did an incredible work through Peter and these other disciples who followed Jesus. And that's what God wants to do in you. So where are you today with Jesus? Is he the Lord of your life? Have you committed your heart to him? Are you setting your eyes on Jesus? Are you saying, Jesus, I, I'm willing to do whatever you've called me to do. I want to be yours. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes right, right where you are. Maybe you're in your, your house, your apartment, your condo. Maybe you're with family. Maybe you're with your community group. I don't know, but I just want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes, just you. What's God saying to you today? Our worship team is going to come and lead us in a response song. And during this time, I want you to think, God, what are you saying to me? What are you teaching me? Uh, maybe for you, today's a day of salvation. You just say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I know you're a great teacher, but I want you as my Savior and Lord. Maybe for you, there's some kind of sin. And man, it's captured your heart. And you could tell it's leading you down a dark path. And you want to say, Jesus, I want to commit it to you. I want to confess to you and to others, God, I want my life to be changed Maybe for you, today is a day just to be grateful and to worship. Say, Father, in the midst of the fear and the worry, I, I want to worship. Jesus, thank you. So, Father, here we are, your people, 
gathered all around the world, but God, united in the love and the grace of Jesus. Father, I pray you would meet us right now in this moment. As this song is sung over us, God, I pray that we would hear from you. Jesus, we love you. And we confess today you are the Lord of our life. So, Father, meet us in this moment right here, right now.
Thank you, worship team. What an incredible morning, and thank you, Pastor Jeff. Yeah. Ever since we made the decision on Thursday to do something different and only host online services this weekend, I've been kind of wondering confidently, curiously, how we would be called um, to be the church and to fix our gaze harder on Jesus. And um, we have been. Um, what an incredible day. And I don't know where you are physically this morning um, or where you are spiritually, more importantly, um, but I hope that you've been inspired to renew your commitment to Christ and to fix your gaze harder on Him. This is the point in our service when I would typically call forward ushers to come as we enter into a time of worship through giving. And we're still gonna give God our all that way today. Um, you can click the give button in the top right corner of your screen and a new tab will open and follow the prompts and you'll have a, a chance to give. If you prefer to do that by check, you can still do that this week too, simply by mailing it to our Franklin office. Regardless of which campus you call your Rolling Hills Community Church home, we are one church gathered together to worship Jesus Christ, to reach out, to grow up, and to give our all. And trusting Him obediently with our resources is one of the ways that we worship Him and, and the ways that this happens and the ways that we get to see Him do incredible things. I want you to hear this morning, church, uh, about an opportunity that we were able to seize because of obedient tithing and, and obedient giving this week. Uh, pastor Jason and I had an opportunity to travel to North Nashville to visit with a pastor whose church was really damaged by the tornado a couple of weeks ago. And I want you to hear his story this morning and learn uh, how he was blessed um, as a church um, by you as a community. Let's turn into that together this morning. Well, Bishop Campbell, thanks so much for sitting down and talking to us uh, a little bit. I, I know I had, uh, or just was so humbled on Saturday to, to meet you here, along with a lot of other pastors and volunteers here in the community. And, uh, and you, were, you were sharing with us on Saturday about some of the things that happened to, to your church uh, through as a result of the storm. So, you know, why don't you share with us a little bit about how you guys were affected by the, the tornadoes? Uh, yeah, we had some roof damage and our gutters and some of the framing of the church. And windows on our shuttle bus was busted out. And on the inside, we had uh, the ceiling falling in my pastor study, fellowship hall, men and women's bathroom. Uh, so it was kind of devastating for us to come in and see all of this damage that was yeah. done. Yeah. Well, what tell, tell us something that so stuck out to me as the pastors yeah. were, were talking is that your sanctuary where you have your worship service was not damaged. That's right. And so like, tell us about what you guys have been doing just this past week for, well, for the community. That next day uh, after the tornado hit, we kind of got in there, cleaned up everything in the back that was damaged. And we said, you know what, we want to be a part of giving back to those that are in need. So we just put a post out there, called a few people, said, hey, we're accepting donations. This is what we need. And people have been bringing stuff. Folk come by the street, say, are y'all taking donations? And they're dropping <laughs> off things, volunteering. Wow. And it just went from there. It's like um, uh, Jesus feeding the 5,000. Right. We took the little lad's lunch and he multiplied it. <laughs> That's, awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And but tell us a little bit about kind of what your ministry looks like the rest of the year. Um, every year we have a summer camp where we service 246 kids from the age of 
five to 18. Uh, everybody's from 15 to 18 year old. We'll make them counselors, teach them leadership, responsibility, time management, multitasking, you name it. Our juvenile gang program that we have, we have an orientation with them. Well, we have a casket and we put their names in the casket in a mirror. So when we ask them to come up and get their name wow. out, we make them look at themselves and say, wow. look, this is where you're heading if wow. you don't change your life. At graduation, we send them to the uh, suit store. They get measured in size, so we give them a suit, tie, shirt, and belt. You're changing That's, this community, yeah, and you're making such a difference here all year long. And I hate that it took a tragedy for you guys to meet and make this introduction. Um, but what we can learn from you as pastors about what you're doing specifically here is tremendous. I'm thankful for that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And then one of the things that you you shared with uh, with our the pastors that were out here that day and some of the volunteers is that you guys uh, obviously have some repairs that that you need to do and some things to to get your building back up and running. But that you you needed a deductible to, to be able to do that. And so uh, we just wanted to let you know that a lot of people came together from, you know, lots of different folks who heard about your story and uh, came together. And so we want to pay for that deductible uh, to get you guys um, so you can get the insurance company in here working to uh, to get you guys back up and running here in the community. And thank you for what you guys do. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just been a great reminder through this storm that we're all in this together. Yeah, blow my mind. <laughs> well, bless you, brother. You've blown ours. You, yes, you have blown our mind to see the body of Christ come together and to see you lead here in this community making such a difference is something that uh, that has changed us. And we look forward to continuing to serve together and being a part of all that, that God's doing here at Mount Carmel. Thank you so much. Okay, bless you, brother. Bless you. Amen. church i love that i love the church being the church and that's mount carmel baptist church and you guys they the damage that was done and they just didn't have the deductible they had insurance but they didn't have the five thousand dollars in church you came together and we gave that to them and pastor jason pastor nick and and as a church we're going to join with them in the days ahead and helping them with rebuild and with their children and getting involved there so thank you church and I just want to encourage you to jump online today, you know, preschool and children's worship. Throughout the day, you can continue to worship our great God. And then be watching our website over the coming weeks. You know, we're just going to be praying for how God wants us to go forward, and we're going to trust Him. We're listening to our local officials, our government officials. We're also listening to medical professionals about what is the best way for us to serve and to minister and to gather and worship. And so let's be the church in this time. You know, Isaiah 26.3 says, He will keep in perfect peace. The one whose mind is steadfast in him because he trusts in the Lord his God. And that's my prayer for us. Let me pray a blessing over you. Father, thanks for your presence this morning. This afternoon, this evening, God, you are at work in all of our lives. And Lord Jesus, let us be men and women who follow you and set our hearts and our minds on you. And our hearts will be steadfast. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Blessings on you today.